0: As we approach your word tonight, we are thankful for your presence, Lord, that we feel, we know you're near. Difficult times, but we submit our will and all that we are to you, your sovereignness, Lord. Bless the service tonight. May it be a strength and encouragement and a comfort to your people, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Let's just turn to John 14. start at uh, verse 13 tonight. Let's pray the Lord helps us through the service. Scripture says in John 14, 13, And whatsoever ye ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask, sorry, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he seeth him not neither know him but he know him and he dwelleth with you and shall be in you I Christ our Lord will not leave you comfortless I will come to you sorry get a little while and the world seeth me no more but ye see me because I live ye shall live also And that day, at that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved in my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. That's a very personal passage of Scripture. There's a whole lot of personal pronouns in there. You, ye, I, me, Christ to you. Him personally to me is where this passage of Scripture comes. And I will not leave you comfortless. In the last verse, the Amplified says, and I will manifest myself to him as King James. And Amplified says, and reveal myself to him. Or I will make myself real to him. Is what that last line on verse twenty-one says in the amplified. You may have your seats, Sister Claire. We're happy to hear your testimony this evening. Amen. I was a joy to hear that. We'll keep praying for you, and it's a complete work. Amen. I just want to talk a little bit, of, tonight we're just going to speak on a just the Lord being a personal, personal to us, and how we can reveal himself in a personal way, because we need a personal God. Forgive me if I reach back a little bit, I'll probably reach that, back to camp a little. I know it's been about a month, which is about a perfect time that the devil has set in now, And he's now waging full-scale battle on anything that the Lord did for you. And so we'll just talk to you a little bit. Maybe just rehearse and bring back to what the Lord did. And then we can talk a little bit about that. But my mind was going back to camp just a little bit because it was a very personal camp, for I think, for a lot of people. The ministers spoke on some very specific things. Some things that... through the course of each service, and something that is maybe never even spoken on before the ministry was speaking on, which is only indicative of that the Lord was doing something very, very individual at camp and the services that there and after. And so you can't walk away when something is so direct. At you. In some cases, you might not like what is coming across the pulpit as far as the, the spirit that is trying to hinder you from, from receiving from this, from the Lord. But because when it's so individual, you can't, you have to recognize that's not man that is speaking. You have to be able to r- step out of that and be able to say that, that's, that's unusual. Because now he's coming in such an individual way. And speaking on something so unique. Something that pertains just to you. And you can step back and say. That's, that's it's not man. That's God. Being personal to you. Trying to get your attention in a personal way. Because it's, a, it's a, a very. Your relationship. As you hear so many times. A personal savior. Have you accepted him as your personal Savior. Amen? It's not a group. It's not a group thing. It's in your cabin, or it's not your family, or it's it's not, you know, the friends around you. It's have you connected? Have you accepted Him as your personal Savior? It's just you and Him. Amen? And that's where our Scripture tonight is just Him speaking to you. If ye love me, keep my commandments, I We'll pray the Father. He'll give you the comforter. Who's the comforter? It's the Holy Ghost. Just a few verses down. He says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. This was Jesus being very personal to us in the scripture as we read. The, The comforter, the Holy Ghost, his spirit. And we'll just talk about it a little I'll just back up a little bit. That comforter term, and we've heard it before, and many all the ministers will have read it. They know exactly what that the term in the in the Greek and the, what it says, and I could probably ask them, they could all tell me. There we go. Perikletos is what that is, and it's a helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby, or someone that's close by or a friend, to come to one's defense. But Abraham also says that comfort, it was a sign. It was also a seal. And the comfort of the Holy Ghost, when you accept Christ as your personal Savior, that is a sealing or a sign that God has accepted your faith in the sacrifice. And I know that might sound, you, know, you say, well, that's very elementary. Well, that's very, very basic. Well, then Christ, the mystery of God revealed is very basic. Which, on the contrary, it is deeper than I can even express, and uh, but therein lies the real base of it: is Christ has to be that personal to you, so that you can accept Him in your heart and by in your in your faith in believing in a personal Savior. God then confirms that with the Holy Ghost, with the Comforter. Brother Branham says, without the, without the Holy Ghost, you don't go into rapture. That's just that's how it is. That's, a, that's straight from the message. So how important is ensuring that the comforter is inside you? Amen. Vital. Amen? Vital. Brother Branham says, he goes. he said, uh, you can believe unto, he says the Holy Spirit has spoke to you and you've publicly confessed him. That's why I said, I'm just kind of going to touch back. There might be those of you that have, Expressed or publicly confessed Jesus as your Savior. And this might be to some of the younger ones or ones that have committed themselves to Christ. But he said the devil has the same thing. I believe him to be a, the Son of God. So does the devil, Brother Branham said. But you, he says, you're walking towards him. Okay? You keep pressing toward Christ. Amen. You've you've made a commitment, you've made an expression. You've, you're believing on him. You've accepted the sacrifice as your atonement. But you have to go a further. Okay? He's got to become personal. The devil's right where that's at right now. He's already there. He's there. I believe that he's the son of God too. But you have to go further than that to become a personal God to you. Okay? So you don't stop at an experience at camp or at a meeting or at a service or in your room. I don't care where it is. You've got to go beyond that. For him to become personal to you, for him to become the comforter that you need, Amen. But ram says the only way you'll ever know Jesus Christ is when the Holy Spirit personally witnesses to you that He's the resurrected Lord. No matter what He would do, what kind of signs, what kind of miracles, you'll never know it until a personal, your personal experience with God. So you can have believed, but you need to go that a little further. Amen. And have Him confirm your faith in Him. Amen. And that's the Comforter now becoming one with you. Amen. Scripture. We all know. Acts 2.38. Repent, be baptized for the remission of your sins. Amen. You know that. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So it's a promise to you. Amen. It's there. But you have to follow God's scripture. That's what the Holy Spirit is. It's the seal of God. If you found grace in his sight, but Abraham talks about Abraham. Abraham was imputed unto him his faith as for righteousness, right? But what happened was that wasn't it. God gave him circumcision, the covenant, so that it confirmed his faith. There was something there that actually confirmed, I accepted your faith, Abraham. So don't stay just in, well, I believe. And, and, and I take him as my savior, but you have to go further than that and have the seal of the Holy Spirit in your life to confirm he accepted your, your faith. Amen. And that's the seal. That's the seal. The Holy Ghost is the seal that you found grace in his sight, that he loves you. He believes you and he's put his seal upon you. He said, what's that seal? He said, it designates, it's a finished Work. Amen. God has saved you, sanctified you, cleaned you up, found favor with you, and sealed you. He's finished. You're his until the day of redemption. It's a finished thing. How critical that is. And that is a a key that people go up and down and they're out here and then they're there. It's because they haven't got right down to it where there's the sealing work. That it's over it's a finished work there's no question well am I I?" no it's done you had a personal experience and nothing will take that away from you amen Amen. Amen. all questions are gone but Abraham says don't let it be that I just turned a page turning pages is a bad thing oh it's just a new page for me it ain't a new new page okay it should be a completely different book altogether in a sense don't let it be that I turned a page I'll just start a new life you're not starting just a new life But let it be that I met God. Amen? From that time... I had peace that passes all understanding. I had joy unspeakable and full of glory. I had satisfaction. Amen? Even if death should come to me, I'll be in the arms of God minute after my last breath is drawn, no matter what comes or goes. That's the experience of the Holy Ghost confirming your faith in Him when you can stand at that. Amen? Say, I met God. Nothing's going to take that from you. Amen? That's where you need to be. That's where we all need to be. It doesn't matter what comes. And we're dealing with that right now. It doesn't matter what comes. I met God. God. Amen. He's my comforter. He's my strength. He's my righteousness. He's my joy. Amen. Job could say, slay me, yet I trust him. Amen. You got a whole new year of struggles ahead of you. School started today. Amen. School started today. And can you imagine what's coming? Because each year just gets worse. Students, I can't imagine. Those that are going to university. I can't imagine some of you that are maybe even going to like Trinity Western, something like that. You just beware amen that Holy Ghost better be in you to steal you and keep you from that out there and it's subtle amen. Peter knew it was something real amen the Holy Ghost fell oh Brother Bram says oh I wish he had time to lay in here a little while he says he was heaven bound he was comforted he had the spirit he had the power and he walked on and said silver and gold have I none right. amen and no doubt Brother Brown says the man said what do you got sir He says, I got faith. (laughs) <laughs> I got something in my heart that started 10 days ago. It was brand new and fresh. Amen. I was in the upper room, and all of a sudden, the promises of God had made. I walked with Jesus Christ for three and a half years. He said, I fished with him. I'll pull him a fish. I'd done these th- different things, and I'd see him heal the sick. He kept telling me, the Father's in me, but when I leave, he'll come to you. This is Peter talking. When the, fa- the, fa- the Father's in me, Jesus speaking, and he'll come to you. So I couldn't understand that. But he said, now I don't expect you to understand it. Peter's saying, you don't have Sorry, Jesus saying that. You don't understand these things, you just get them. But Abraham says, I don't understand it yet. And don't tell me you do, because you don't. Right. See, so he goes, I can't understand. I can't explain. But the only thing is, I got it. Right. Amen. <laughs> hey, Peter had got it. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I give unto you, rise up and walk. Amen? He had something he didn't need to wonder. He knew exactly what he had. He had the Holy Ghost inside of him to give him the power. Amen? Amen. To, Amen. to right. preach Christ to one that needed to be lifted up out of his bed. He said, well, how do you know I got it? There's been a change in me since Jesus set me free. I've been to Calvary I'm born again. My desires changed. Amen? There's nothing. I don't desire the things that I used to like to do. I'm disconnected from that. There's nothing there that I even want to think about anymore. My friends of old, things I used to look at, the things I used to converse about, it's done. It's over. It's not even there. So desire is there. Your desire is to Him. That's how you know you've been changed. That should take all the question away from you. You just wonder where your desire is. If your desire is still to the things of the world, you have got to get to the altar. You find an altar, but our Tim Pruitt spoke about it, your personal altar, and you get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't you have a house that's cleaned out? You come away from camp, you come away from a meeting, cleaned out the house, and then what? If it's not filled, he comes right on back seven times worse. Who wants that? nobody wants that you've been clean God came down delivered you cleaned you out afresh yeah. took away things that are bothering you holding yeah. Yeah. you back now you're just waiting Lord fill me whatever it takes amen whatever it takes was it Buddy Robinson that said if there's a pile of bones here yeah. 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 until if there's a pile of bones here I'm here till it comes yeah. 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 amen sure. amen Peter he had a boldness, little shamgar. you know Butband says he didn't have nothing. he wasn't a warrior. you might you might think I'm just a nothing I'm just a, just a nothing I'm not a you know I'm not a brother Tim Pruitt. I'm just just a somebody that believes God and you know I'm just a little guy shamgar. Hardly no one knows about Shamgar. Just a little guy in the scripture. Like like one or two verses for Shamgar. Right? He didn't know nothing about fighting. Philistines would come over, steal everything he's got. Rob him. As soon as they got a little bit built up, supplies, they'd come in and take it all away. Amen? He says, Brother Bram says, that's just about the way we do in revival meetings today. We go in, we get a revival started, as soon as the evangelist leaves, or the people scatter out, then, then in comes the Philistines. I'm betting some Philistines are right now on your land. Who needs to be a shangar tonight to say, enough's enough. It ain't going to be like last time. It ain't going to be like last time. It's different because I've been filled. And I'm going to take my little ox goad, my little experience that I got, that I know I met God. It might seem like it's small, but it's yours. It was his ox goad. It's someone else. He knew this is mine, my land, my experience. Amen. And how many Philistines? 600 with his demon little ox goad. Amen? It don't matter who's coming. I don't care what size the devil is. Your experience is a match for the devil. Amen? Every gun of Satan, every trick, every tactic, every influence, every time killer, every bit of work, it's homework, schoolwork, whatever work. Every bit of doubt, anything he can, he's going to start. He's, he's already on you, I can tell you that. Amen. But Brother Babbage says, I can see Samgar standing there, looking down the street. Here they come. He wasn't a warrior, but he knowed nothing about fighting, but he did know that he was a Jew. I'm a Jew. And he had a right. He was circumcised, and God was with him. That's it. You could have had a lot of questions. On Oxcode and me, and he knew how many there were they'd come before. He figured there'd be a lot. Right? So it wasn't like he wasn't, uh, he, he knew exactly what was coming for him, but he had a right. He was a Jew, I'm circumcised, and this is my inheritance. You have a right, we've been hearing it, you have a right to what God gave you. And don't let just some devil come in and take it away. If it's real to you, you'll stand on your feet, you'll take your experience, and you'll face him like a man or a woman. We need more Shamgars. Somebody will step out on the word of God. Take him at his word. Not be afraid. You might know what's coming against you at school. You have friends from the past coming in now. After summer. And now they've hit you already. You know exactly what the devil's got. Shamgar did know. And you know exactly what's coming. So take a stand. Might only take one time. Say, God met me at camp. God met me in a service. And I am not standing for this anymore. My life has changed. I don't do this. Just do it once. That's all we know Shamgar. He did it once. You know what? No more Philistines. You young people need to stand. You stand against what's wrong. There's something going on wrong around your friends, around your circle, in your school. I don't care what it is. Someone take a stand. Don't be no pious priest. But you be a Phineas. You do it with some love. You can be angry and sin not. That's scripture. You go in against the devil. It's coming in. Take some boldness like Peter or Shamgar. And say enough's enough. We're too far down the road. Say, we're a holy people. We're blood bought. Amen. There's no time for this. Just do it once. You'd be amazed what might happen in the circle of your friends. You might take some persecution from inside shame, but you'd be bold enough to do it. Intellectual, your experience just in the mind. No good. No good. Brother Bram says no matter how well you're educated, how smart you are in the Bible. The devil's twice as smart as you are. He said he could twist it and make you look like Ned in the first reader. That might be like C Spot Run. Yeah, Ned. Devil will make you look like Ned in the first reader if he wants to. He certainly can. But if you ever got an experience and met God face to face, there isn't enough devils in hell. Amen. Then take it away from me because you know what you're talking about. Man, when you know what you're talking about, it don't matter what someone's going to say. I know what's exactly what i I've done it. I'm there. I know the skill. I do this every day. Don't tell me how to do it. I know. Right. And if God met you, you know. You know. In your heart. I don't really care. It might have been small. Just a simple consecration. But you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God met me. And that's your goad with the devil. And then you have to know what you're talking about. Moses knew what he's talking about. David knew what he's talking about. He better have. He had a ten-footer plus giant coming at him. You better know what you're talking about. When you come against the enemy, you better know, because you'll be Ned in the first reader really quick. If you don't know what that is, you can come out and ask me after. Brother Bram says, if a man has ever stood in the sacred sands, Brother Tom spoke in the sacred sands maybe a couple years ago now, I remember the service. That's your time where God meets you. Moses stood on sacred sands and met a burning bush and had a burning bush experience. He said, let him be Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, what more, and ever met God face to face. There's no theologian in the world could take that away from him. He's been somewhere. And he knows what he's talking about. He had an experience of the burning presence of the living God. Amen. And the devil, the enemy of your soul can't tread on those sacred grounds where you met Christ. Amen. Take that. Devil can't, can't even Go tread on the grass, sacred grounds where you met Christ. Amen. Amen. You might not have education enough to explain it. It's not in explaining it. It's in receiving it. Amen. Amen. Brother Brandon says. I might not be able to explain a lot of things. And you might be questioned. Well, explain. There's not a matter of receiving it. I received it. I believe it. And it's done. Amen. So there'll be a whole lot of circumstances now and struggles and trials and things that set you back. It's coming. Scripture says, I will not leave you comfortless. Jesus is telling you, you're not alone. He's our comforter. He'll sustain you. He'll uphold you. He's going to give strength and hope to you. He's going to ease your grief and trouble. He's a strengthening aid. He's a consolation in time of trouble or weary or worry. He's one to bring a feeling of relief to encourage you. He wants to be a personal comforter. Not like Job's comforters. But he wants to, He's a real comforter. A real friend. You want to have a friend. You want Christ to be a friend that you're on talking terms with. You know, there's different stages of a friend. There's different types and levels of friends. And we all have them. There's strangers. There's acquaintances. Casual friends. They've actually inserted online friends as their own category now. You can have online friends. They're not a casual friend. They're their own category. You could have a close friend. Someone that's close. You can intimate. They're very, very, you know... And best friend, if you would want to go even further. But, you know, if you're not on... If you don't have a friendship with Jesus, that you're on talking terms and you can talk with Him when you're in need, that's a really lonely place to be. When He's there to be your comforter. He wants to. He wants to be your... He wants to be your friend. He wants to be near. You know, an acquaintance, it's just an occasional interaction that you experience with a person, you know. Just a high and by situation. And you just have very general knowledge of each other. And I wonder over time, does our relationship with Christ just become an acquaintance? Just becomes a high bye when I come to church. Just an occasional interaction when I go to camp each year, or just some gentle knowledge. Or even a casual friend. Just, you know, we have some common interest. You have a casual friend, somebody you have common interests with. You know, people that you're aware of each other's achievements and they give praise, you give praise and support back, but you're not emotionally invested in each other. Just casual friend. That's not what Christ is here to be. He's not wanting to be an acquaintance. And when you're in time of need, you want to be able to call on the Lord and say, oh, I need a friend right now. I need a comforter right now. You don't. I, you don't call up the first acquaintance that comes to mind. Said, "I really need you right now." Who, who are you? Well, I met you like a year ago, and and you need what? You need me to stop everything and come and come and invest my time in you? Yeah, I need you. I don't think so. You don't want Christ's response. You don't want to be calling, Lord. I need you. Sorry. Um, when's the last time we talked? When's the last time you, you we were talking to each other and you were expressing your concerns to me and your deepest you know desires and sorrows and, and hurts and have we talked? No, it's been, it's been a long time, Lord. I don't even want I don't even want a casual relationship, casual friend. I want Christ to be the most intimate friend to me. He's saying I'll be your comforter. But what is he in your life? What are you investing in your friendship with Jesus? Because he wants to be a personal God. When you have a friend, when you have Christ in you and he's that comforter, I have in my notes Horatio Spafford. This was penned long before we sang a song this evening. And so the Lord has a mind. The Lord has a mind for the service and for what is needed. And so I won't go into Horatius' Spafford because we just did. And the tragedy went through, but he had a comforter. He had one he could turn to and pen words in such a... What a paradox... In such tragedy, he could write when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrow like sea billows roll. Trying to imagine what he's what he's in at that time. And he can pen when peace like a river. That's a relationship with a God that's far beyond mortal mind can even imagine or think. And that's the comforter that you can have when he becomes real to you. When you have a real experience, Horatio Spafford had a real experience that he could say when he whatever my lot. That was taught me to say, It is well. It is well with my soul. One you might not know, I don't know how many know a man named Joseph Scriven. He's an Irish man that after some schooling went home and uh, was gonna marry his. His childhood sweetheart. And they were, the day before the wedding, they were going to meet at a place along a river, and he was coming from a one way, and this is horseback, this is back in the 1800s, and she was meeting him, and she was on horseback, and she was riding, and something spooked the horse, and she was reared off and struck her head and drowned in the river. And moments later, he, he, he came up upon it of course that shattered shattered his his just his world and he left ireland and he went to ontario and he became what's called people call him the good he just became he called him the good samaritan because he took the sermon on the mount and all that jesus spoke in those verses and he just made that his life's purpose and so that's what he became and he uh not knowing how long exactly after he he came there but he fell in love with another young lady 23 year old lady that she had been tutoring a man's uh, children, and they uh, became engaged. And weeks before uh, their wedding, uh, she contacted pneumonia, and she died. And one year later, he sent a poem to his mom. What a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. He knew a comforter. He knew there was somewhere that could give him peace. Somewhere where the pain that he bore It was needless if I could just get to that one that could bear my pain, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you don't have him at that level, that's why we're here tonight. so that you could have a personal encounter with a God that when you go through something like that, and I pray to will that you'd never... But God gave us different ones that would go through certain situations to show us, this is what I have. I can give this to you. When you're in a deep hurt, in a deep pain, you can have a friend in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Our comforters, our advocate. Have we trials and temptations? The song goes on. Is there troubles anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Have you trials? Have we temptations? Are you going to fall? Are you going to make a mistake? We're going to make a mistake. But take it to the Lord in prayer. Because we have an advocate. Amen. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who with all our sorrows share. Jesus knows our every weakness. He knows your weaknesses. He knows you better than you know yourself. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Not to draw too much from camp. But we did that as a skit. And just the little slip ups that you're going to do. Because we have flesh to deal with. And we keep putting that flesh under our feet. Amen? But we have an advocate. When we need someone, I claim the blood as we saw on his skit. I claim the blood. That's all he could do was claim the blood. Oh, but there was reasons. There was accusations, and there will be. And the condemnation that was pouring upon, as we did the skit, Daniel Curry. But all he did was, I claim the blood. Amen? Because we have an advocate Amen. that can plead your case to. First John 2.12 My little children, these things are right unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ, amen, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not only not only, sorry, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. My. Sins of the whole world. Can you imagine the evil that is on this planet at this exact minute around the world with 7 billion people. I can't even fathom the the, the lowest of low. I I don't even want my imagination to go there. But the power of our advocate, the blood that was shed on Calvary, also for the sins of the whole world, not just at this exact minute, but forever. Forever. And you think the devil's gonna come and say you slipped up here, you're done. Really? No, the power of the blood is for the whole world. It can definitely cover the sin of your mistake. Take it to him in prayer. What is the Holy Ghost as an advocate? What is an advocate? What does it do? It has mercy. And it stands in your place. It's not, it's not even you standing there. He stands for you in your, your stead. Amen. He already took it. Amen. He already took it at Calvary. It does things that you can't do. It's propitiation for your sin, but our brother it's your righteousness, it's your healing, it's your life, it's your resurrection. It's all that God has for you. He's your advocate. Glory. Our comforter. What a comforter we have. Don't that just scare it? Don't that just take the scare out of it? That's Butter Branham. All the scare. It's gone. All the condemnation. All the, the worry and the fear. Oh, did I, did, am I making it? No. Did you have a meeting with God? Did you meet Him? You did? You have the comforter inside you? All the, all the scares out of it all the scares out of it. God is with us. Although you sin, you got an advocate, but ram says, tell God you're sorry, come on back. That's the way to do it. Don't think you're cast off forever as long as you still have enough desire to come to this church. Come on. God is still with you? That's right. Sure he is. My Yes, He'll keep moving as long as you'll. He's called you. He's still in the saving business tonight to call you. Oh, and all that's calling, He's still wooing at your heart. Come on, no matter what you've done, here, out in the video land, God still wants to forgive you, take you back, love you a little bit, hug you to his bosom, give you a few spiritual vitamins, put you back in the church in your position again. He came to redeem you, to seek and save that what was lost. Glory! Glory! I don't know if you're out there and you're listening or sitting in this bench. There's nothing that should hold you back from coming back to your position in Christ. If you've gone back, if you've slid away, you've grown cold, God still wants to forgive you. He's wooing at your heart no matter what you've done. No matter what you've done. Amen. God is still there wanting to forgive you. Amen. Lord, help me through this next part. As we'll come down to a close here. There's a relationship that passes even the closest of a friend. More than an advocate. More than a comforter in the sense of someone, a friend that's comforting you. It's deeper. When you fall in love, and the relationship between man and wife is a really... Close relationship. That's the next level. And that's God is wanting us there. He's wanting to be our bridegroom. Amen. And it's a bridegroom that reveals his secrets to his bride. Verse 21 that we read. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him. And will manifest myself or will reveal myself or will make myself real to Him. That's a bride and bridegroom relationship that Christ wants. I want to, I want to reveal my secrets to you. This is just you and Him. This is personal. It's a personal relationship. We've heard there's more. We've been hearing it on the, on the services. There's more. This is more. Your relationship with Christ More, He wants to go further. He wants you to become intimate with Him. Nothing else. Just you and Him. To reveal means to make what was previously unknown or secret information known to others. Amen? To reveal, to cause to allow something to be seen or allowing a look at or understanding understanding something inner or hidden. This world is bent on finding out secrets. Thousands, millions of dollars are spent trying to find secrets. Right. Secrets of a company, a leak that could, you know just even news people, they want the leak so they can get you know their news articles read and they could get more more traffic and more money and governments big dollars invest just to find out somebody's secret. I'm sure you know what WikiLeaks is. They did a Vault 7 release. It's one of the biggest intelligence publications in history. And it just unloaded information about the CIA and the NSA, etc. Secrets, major. People are, are, are in, in trouble. And they're in embassies you know, for years. Because if they get out, they're in jail somewhere. Just because someone let out a secret. Or the value of the secret. You know, but the biggest secret of all time... And, and, the, and things that have been kept mysteries of all time it's, been, it's sitting in the scriptures. The coming of the Lord is the biggest mystery I would expect of of, for, of all time. No one knows the time or the day, or the hour. That's a mystery of mysteries. But what are people doing to find out where we're at in conjunction with that? What's being invested? What dollars are being invested? What human manpower is being invested by this world to find out something that means much more than what the CIA did to some phone system? But so humbly and simply, God's secrets are revealed through a prophet. Because they have to be. Scripture says in Amos... His secrets will be revealed by his servants, the prophets. So we had to have a prophet that would come and start revealing our bridegroom's secrets to us. And Jesus started speaking. That's why this message is so vital. Because of what's in it. It's Christ wanting to tell you how personal he wants to become with you. I want to tell you a little secret. I chose you before the world even began. Hallelujah. That was a secret. Yeah. Predestinated, but our, John's been speaking on. There's the mystery, but Abraham said. He, yeah. before Christ or anything else was ever on earth, to see his great mystery, he chose the bride. Yeah. The value of that secret far beyond anything this world has ever invested in something. Here, it's just in a simple message that someone would just cast off. But Christ is saying through a prophet, I chose you. There's the mystery. Knowing Eve would fall from disbelieving the word, knowing she would fall, but he would choose a bride that would not fall, that would hold on to the word regardless of what the rest of the world had to say about it. They would hold on to that word. They are predestinated to stand there. Do you know how much power that is? Yes, that little secret that is to you to say, I predestinated you, so and you're going to stand. Yeah. Yes, Amen. Yes, that's, that's a secret that he gave to us. Through a prophet Because he's revealing the secrets I predestinated you Long before the world began Long before every, I used to feel time and space It was just me God speaking just me Way before all things I chose you Johnny To this time This place And you will stand What a secret Boy it's taken some time Brooding Four thousand years, God, Eve fell, and through unbelief, and God knew that would happen. Already had a Savior in place. He already knew what he would do. So why did it have to happen? Because he was a Savior. He wanted to express that attribute. So it let the whole thing happen. Free moral agency. You made a choice. Eve made a choice. He knew that would happen, and so now he had to start to brood. He had to start to woo what happened any Moses come through just a little piece of Christ was displayed just a little piece he didn't know it Enoch little type David all through scripture the prophets Elijah just a little bit here a little bit of me there just brooding and brooding trying to bring up to culminate prophets speak prophecy a virgin shall conceive conceive. a little bit more a little bit more of who he was and then at a culmination Christ steps onto the scene This is part of his plan. This was a mystery. The fullness now on display. Humanity needed a kingsman. God had to become man to take the penalty for Eve's unbelief and become flesh. So now it's Christ. This is all what he had in plan. This you're just knowing now because a secret's been revealed. This wasn't known in Luther's day. This wasn't known in, in Thyra Tyra. This is to you. This is a valuable secret from a bridegroom that's wanting to express, I want my bride. You need, I'm telling you my secrets. So now, Luther, he only preached justification, pounded away at the age. He didn't know what age was. And Christ, though, let me back up, Christ hung on a cross. Died, took our sins, and then as we read, him Christ saying, I will not leave you cumberless. yet a little while the world sees me no more. Because I live ye shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, I and you and you and me. I'll get there. At that day, but says that's this day. This day you'll know that I and you, you and me. Amen. He hath commanded. And keep it them, he it is that loveth me, he it is that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will manifest myself to him. Amen. That was the comforter. Christ had to do that so that he could now come into his body. Amen. This is vital. It's vital. Because if he couldn't come into you, well, there's just no rapture. Because if the Holy Ghost wasn't given, if the comforter didn't come. There's no hope. The comforter had to come. He had to die. He had to come to a place where he could then, his spirit could then go into his body. And then comes the revelation that Abraham says, the mystery to reveal what it's all been about. Wow. That we were predestinated. Luther was predestinated for his time. You were actually predestinated for the time when his secrets were being revealed. A tiny fraction of people through all humanity. What number would that be? Some decimal point to the far side and a lot of zeros that had the privilege to have the secrets revealed to you. What grace is this? That brought our Savior down. Amen. What grace is this that would allow us to be a part of that? Incredible. It's all the last days when this great mystery that God had in his heart is being revealed. Amen. And like I said, Jesus, Brother Brown says, Jesus said, at that day, this day, when the revelation is made known, you will know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, I in you, you in me. When the revelation is made manifest at that day. Amen. He says, What for? I just want to tell you another little secret. I'm restoring you back to fellowship. I'm wanting fellowship that Eve lost. I'm wanting back to Eden. I want my bride with me. I don't want to be disconnected. I want my bride beside me, believing every word that I've said. I want fellowship. I want to be one with my bride. I in you, you and me. God personally revealing to himself, himself to you and me. First Corinthians thirteen ten it said, that w- when that, which is perfect is come that, then that, which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child I spake as a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Then it was a glass darkly. It wasn't fully there wasn't everything wasn't fully revealed. It was a dark picture. In the mirror. It was a dark mirror. What exactly is there? There was the mysteries hadn't been revealed, the secrets hadn't been given. It wasn't clear. But down from age to age, it got clearer and clearer, a little bit more, got a little bit more, gave a little bit more out as they went through each age, and slowly the reflection in the mirror was beginning to come into view. That God would become so personal in this last day that he could express himself through you and me. Amen. Jesus revealed in me and you. As the song is, is sung. His power expressed in our lives. Imag- now to start to think. If the Holy Ghost is in me. He's in me. There's nothing that stands in your way. Amen. A bride this Eve will not compromise on his word. That's what he's been brooding for to come to a people that he forethought you're going to be there and you will not waver on my word. And I'm going to give you all my secrets. And a bride in this last day looks in the mirror and it's not dark. And she's looking in it. And she looks in it. And she sees Christ looking back. Abraham, you look in the mirror of God's word. And it's Christ. Because he's in you. Living through you. Face to face. And he made the example of what we should do. How we should be. We should see him when you look in the mirror. Brother Branham. See Christ. In the mirror of his word. How did he. How that. He did that for love. What a love story. He did all of that for love. Because he wanted at this time to be able to be in such a personal relationship with his bride that you would be one with him. What a love story. We sing the song greatest love story. May it be just a little bit more greater in your eyes and your heart thousands of years now to come to this moment what a love story musicians you can come this revealing personal revealing of Christ is only to the elect that's it as we've said it's been spoken over these weeks we were chosen before time we spoke of that brother John spoke that but all this mystery, but around says, is revealed only as he promised to his bride. Hell is against this truth of the revelation of this mystery. Because if you can recognize I'm Christ in flesh once more, if you can recognize that, you are unstoppable. Hell is against this truth, but the bride is standing on it That's her stand. Why do you hunger, church? Why do you thirst? It's the Father trying to reveal his hidden secret to you. But you let so many things get it out of you. You let your job, you let your wife, you let your husband, you let your children, you let your cares of the world. You let some pastor, you let somebody else get that out of you. When you know that the way down in your heart, you're thirsting. And God is wanting to reveal it to you. It's God trying to reveal it to you. The revelation, the last day, he said, is here. One quote, he said, it's a nice blade width of time left. Figure that out. That's a very sliver of time. Daniel 70 weeks. A nice blade width of time left. Where are we? If this revelation is coming at this time, and the bride is standing in her position, and starting recognizing who I am, where are we? then what the devil is howling about that it's being revealed he's howling and so you bet he's going to be coming because he doesn't want this to become real to you amen satan had no clue what was happening all through the ages he didn't know all these things he didn't know god's thoughts but now he's seeing it, and now he's seeing a bride taker spot. Wait a second, what's going on here? And he's howling, Brother Branham says, because it's being revealed. So the devil can't stand it. That's the reason these ecumenical kingdoms are setting up and all that they're doing now, the devil, and the reason he's howling this way, wickedness has been, his scheme has been uncovered by the risen, resurrected Christ in the headship over his body. His scheme's unveiled. It's wide open you know what he was trying to do you know what he's trying to do you are so armed we are so armed that we should be able to move ahead a victorious church last quote second last but Abraham says we have the devil's answer not me that live it the Christ the word living in me it's not my idea it's his power Amen. Not my idea, it's his word. He promised it. Yes. It is. Here it is. He said it would be. Here it is. We got the answer. That's what Abraham said, Amen. We're justified. We are his victory. The church is his victory. My goodness, we're Christ's victory. We come forth in the last days with his glorious gospel, showing his victory. He died for this purpose. We're proof of his victory. You ready for this? When we see him coming down living among the church, that's his victory. Shows that he couldn't keep him in the grave, and neither can they keep us. <laughs> Amen. That's true. He said, we're actually already potentially arise." rise. Woo! My goodness. Potentially, you're a rise. Are we walking this high off the ground? Because we're just getting a little higher. We're potentially there because you've, we've raised from the dead. Unbelief in his word. From the denominational creeds. We're separated from that. To an eternal word. The eternal God which is in him. Amen. Amen. Working through us. Manifesting himself that he is the same yesterday. Today. And forever. Jesus. Revealed. In me. And you. Amen. Now she looks in the mirror. And she's seeing God face to face. Because He's living in you. We're reflecting Him. A personal revealing of Christ. Let's stand. I want to sing, Oh, to reflect His grace. I love this song, Christ the Transforming Light.
1: Just saying, just
0: close your eyes. It's a personal relationship. Just forget all of us around you. Just sing, oh, to reflect your grace. Amen. That in my world and whatever is around me, that others may see the love that will show, till all others around me will know Jesus revealed in me. Let's sing that. Christ the transforming light. Oh, Christ the transforming light. in me but Abraham says we're in a dangerous time so when these things begin to happen he said time is no more and we're not in an age where there's one to come it's over she's fading away he said when we see the manifestation so that positive and that negative if you held it up to a light he says you know it gets sharper 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 and that shadow comes and he says as soon as they connect together that last link shall go through the sky shouting up we'll, up will come Wesley Luther all the rest of them back in those days amen and there will come the resurrection where are we with that shadow where are we we're not here where are we with that shadow we're right here Jesus revealed through you and me amen let's pray Heavenly Father You are so wonderful Lord What a great love story That we can go through your scriptures And just fellowship Lord on what you're doing And where we are Lord and here we are chosen Each one here A secret chosen You were predestinated To stand at this day and stand in the face of the enemy and you will not compromise. I've placed you here. Lord, what a wonderful secret. What a wonderful love story, Lord, to your people. If we could just take a hold of it. Lord, that we have personal experience. Lord, would be everyone's portion here. Lord, if it's not, Lord, maybe it is. Maybe sit down after this service, Lord, and just honestly look in their heart and say, Lord, I need a comforter. I need an advocate. I need a friend. Lord, we remember our McGeary family and the Weimers, Lord. Lord, that that you are the comforter we've spoken. And you would draw so nigh to them, Lord, at this time. Lord, unexplainable in how you can touch hearts and hurts. Lord I can't imagine with Horatio Spafford or Joseph scriven but Lord they had a relationship with their God and Pen what a friend I have in Jesus. Lord may that be that Weimer's portion and the McGeary's portion they could have a friend so close to them as Jesus. We love you, Lord. We pray for them. We lift their names before your throne tonight, Lord. Lord, that in all your seeings and goings of the earth, you just hear their names come up before you. Your eyes would turn toward their their circumstances tonight. They're our body, Lord. They're part of us. We hurt when they're hurting. And so we call upon you tonight, Lord, to be their portion. May love project, Lord Jesus, to their need at this hour. Peace beyond understanding, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we could turn to such a special one as you are to us, Lord, in these times. Go with us tonight, Lord. Bless your people this week. May this be a different year. Maybe your our last year, Lord. dismiss the people now with your presence in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. May he be your friend. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus name.